0: No secret media is struggling. You know, 4,000 of my colleagues lost uh, their jobs over at Bell, uh, last week when it decided to cull a lot of its local markets. Uh, Vice Media announcing today they've now cut hundreds of jobs as they try to restructure. Uh, it's like every week, right? And, and, and most of us come to our jobs knowing the chair we have today May, may be filled with someone else tomorrow. That is just—that's the reality of this business. It's been the reality since I got in the door 25 years ago. It's like this business is—you know—you're lucky. Is—is you kind of take each day, right? And and regardless of what you're feeling about uh, mainstream media and that, the cuts to the local markets is, I think, so troubling because there's no such thing as a national story or even an international story that doesn't come out from somewhere local, right? It always starts local. Could be poisoned water from Walker Day. Could be a missing child. It could be, there's so, a tornado, whatever. Local news is where you kind of turn to, right, to get the information. It's very valuable. Whether we can do it better, yeah, sure, we can argue about that. But one of the things happening as, you know, Um, everyone tries to find their footing is that most or a lot of young people are turning to things like TikTok for their news, right? What could go wrong, you ask? Everything is what I'm going to tell you, everything. You know, sure, TikTok has a, I guess, I mean, you know I'm not a fan of it. TikTok can play a role. But when we're trying to get sourced information, you know, when you've got a whole generation of kids who think that Osama bin Laden is a okay, just a little misunderstood, then we've got huge problems with the kind of information being thrown around on a platform like TikTok and where younger generations are actually getting their news because it terrifies me with some of the things that they actually talk about. And when we talk about the culture of disinformation, misinformation, you know, what are we going to do with this TikTok You know, technology that isn't actually a newsroom, but very much is perceived like that by younger generations. I want to bring in someone who I haven't seen in a whole long time, Dr. Nicole Blanchett, associate uh, professor over at Toronto Metropolitan University School of Journalism and a former producer with City TV News, and um, where I would come across your path many times as a young, young reporter in what was at the time, and I think we can agree, Nicole, a pretty exciting place to work. I'm so happy to talk to you. It's so nice to talk with you as well, Alex. And yes, it was a very exciting place to work. A lot of fun. Oh, boy. When your news director said, and I'd say his name's Steve Hurlbut, you tell me the story. Just go find it. And you'd be like, uh, okay. That's that. That's really how it should be done is go out, find the story, fact check it, source it. Don't let the story tell you the facts. But what's your feeling on this? Because we have lost so much in the local markets and we have to fill those. But it's what we fill them with that matters.
1: I agree. I think that um, you know it's it's awful what we're seeing happening in terms of loss of uh, local newsrooms, loss of ability to uh, cover important local stories. That, as you mentioned, you know in your introduction, can have a much larger impact than on a specific community. So, in mm-hmm. it's it's a combination of um, again what you were addressing in terms of where people are going to access news. So we do know from a younger demographic that you know, more of them are using social media than anything else in terms of accessing information. And I would say, you know, there are um, some good sources of information, even on a place like TikTok, that also might have a lot of misinformation. But part of the problem is that how that information surfaces, it can be very difficult to tell what's the good information and what's the bad information. And there are, you know, local newsrooms and a lot of newsrooms who are actually upping their content on TikTok, trying to reach Mm. um, this younger demographic with you know, news that is verified and is sourced and all those things, you know, being um, being on the ground and having that type of information directly from a community. So again, it's more, to me, the issue is how the information surfaces. So if I'm um, using TikTok, if I want to set my preferences, news isn't a preference that I can set. And how information surfaces isn't chronological. So Um, You know, I could be getting news stories that are a month old, you know, at the expense of perhaps some stories that are newer, just based on how the algorithm works and how that algorithm works, no newsroom can control.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, if we could, it might be a different, Mm -hmm. different story. Having said that, I mean, unless TikTok goes away and I would love for it to go the way the dodo bird, having said that, I don't think it is. and so you know, it's educating younger generations of what to look for, right? Because there's a ton of confusion of what's opinion and what's actually news. And, and I have a news background, as you know, I did news, the who, what, when, where, how, and that's that's what I did. And then I went into talk radio, which is completely different because it's opinion, right? So I'll, I'll get a lot of people like, yes. you just stick to the news. And I'm like, well, that's not what I'm paid to do now. It's just, I happen to have the news experience. But if we can educate younger generations or just people in general of what's opinion, what is straight up news, I don't know how you do it, but are these the things that you're addressing? Well, it's
1: something I do address in my journalism classes, because one of the challenges we definitely have, even for students who are interested in studying journalism is this kind of separating, um, you know, what is news? What is opinion? How do you tell the difference? How do you weigh the evidence of the information that you're viewing And I think part of the um, issue that I've had, I've had some really interesting discussions with young people about the value of information and the kind of information they're getting um, through TikTok and how, for example, it exposes them to so many different types of opinions that they wouldn't see because they're being, Mm. you know, flooded with all these different types of videos from all types of different people from, you know, all around the world. So there can be a benefit to this idea of really expanding the voices of who gets heard and, you know, hearing different types of opinions. But again, how many of them actually take the step to verify the information being yeah. shared? So, And I think that is um, where it's difficult. So when you have something, and we saw this, you know, throughout the pandemic in terms of people looking for information, um, you know, an uptick, for example, on the use of news in general, just because people are like, you know, this is a big crisis situation. Where am I going to go to get information? Um, so those kind of, you know, this is my go-to source for news. And I'm sure you still have some, even though, you know, you're working in opinion versus news at the moment. Generally speaking, um, news consumers have a certain spot they might go to. In my case, I've got many that I go to because I want to try mm-hmm. to get as much of a diversity of coverage as possible so sure. this kind of this idea of how do you um get people to take that next step to actually verify the information if we could figure that out we would solve many of the world's problems is yeah. something that many people are trying to figure out how do you um you know how do we incorporate media literacy how do you make that work because we also know from certain studies that you know Being very well educated and understanding media literacy doesn't necessarily fix the problem of people only wanting to, um, you know, perhaps consume content that agrees with their particular ideological perspective. So it's a very big issue um, in terms of, you know, can TikTok fill the role of a local newsroom that's no longer able to, you know, go to council because they don't have the resources to do that, all those types of things. That's sort of a connected but separate issue just in terms of who is going to fill the spaces of these reporters that newsrooms no longer have or for newsrooms. I'll tell you,
0: let me let me jump in. I mean, here's why it wouldn't work. And and, and you come from my kind of school of, of journalism where, you know, you had your managing editor, you got your news director, you come back with your story, you've got to have your sources like you have to be able to back up what you say. And if you're wrong, you know, you pay a price like it's. So there were a lot of checks and balances as reporters that we had to go through in order for that story to go on air whereas TikTok you can put anything up right it's not source checked it's not um legal uh, you know put through lawyers etc so there's there's missing those major components of you know eyeballs on it checks and balances eyes dotted t's crossed and so that that's one uh, thing i would take into watching you know you just don't know what you're going to get unless it's got those check systems through it. But the other issue is the activism that kind of, well, it's creeping its way into, I think, journalism where, you know, the story becomes about reporter instead of the issue, right? And so people don't know what to trust and what to take away from it.
1: Yeah, and yeah, there's definitely, um, and again, I think demographically too, that, um, you know, Reuters' digital news report comes out every year and they've actually shown, with the data that they collect, that, um, you know, younger audiences as well are more comfortable sort of with that interpretive uh, role of a journalist or with more, you know, journalist activists, so to speak, than older audiences might be as well. Um, So, again, there's some demographic issues in the types of information that people like to receive. But I do agree, too, with this idea that, you know, in the newsroom, there are checks and balances in terms of trying to ensure certain standards are met that aren't, You know, you don't have to worry about that, not just on TikTok, but in any other type of social media as well. But again, people are receiving this information, whether we like it or not. So the bigger question, again, becomes how can we make people take a bit more responsibility for, you know, thinking about where is the information coming from? How do I know this? You know, how do I trace back information to a report if the person isn't providing it? And the thing with some of the TikTok, you know, local news reporters as well is that they're basically using existing stories so perhaps you know maybe the sure. duration of yeah. people are talking about this issue and I'm going to give my opinion on it or whatever. So um, some of the stuff that's being done by local newsrooms or news agencies, it's still being repurposed in some ways and then talked mm-hmm. about on different platforms and in different ways and through different lenses. So it's um, it's it's a changing you know changing or an evolution of how we um, get information, who gets information, where. But with this core issue, again, of how do we try to ensure that the best information is surfacing? And it's very difficult to do yeah. in a platform it where so hard. the goal is to make money. It's not necessarily yeah. to share the most quality information.
0: Never-ending challenge and uh, been coming at us like a train for a long time. Very much appreciate uh, you joining me. Nice to chat with you all after all these years. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much, Alex. That's Nicole Blanchett. Joining us, Associate Professor over at uh, Toronto Metropolitan University.